Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Ignorant Conversations podcast, a conversation between two friends about the different types of books we read every week. Uh, my name is Daoud, and uh, this is my friend Mobin. And this week, uh, we're going to be talking about H.P. Lovecraft, the famous revolutionary horror fiction author. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Managed to get it out in one go, didn't you? Yeah, man, I, I had to, like, suck my breath in and just kind of let it all out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, specifically, we're going to be talking about his most famous work, Call of Thulu, which is, I guess, uh, according to the lore, that's about uh, as human of a way as to pronounce it, Cthulhu, because... Uh, it's actually a sound made by like this being, this monster. And oh, really? Like That's the, where the name comes from? Yeah, it's like the closest, um, you know, way of repeating what the sound sounds like. I guess. Oh, I understand. You know, I've never but, read any of his work, so this is. I'm actually very excited for this one because I wanted to read this book simply because it's such. Like this book was written what? Like, I think, at least ninety plus years ago, right? Yeah, it it was. Yeah. yeah, that creature is still, you know, it's, it's like it's ingrained even in modern culture today. So oh, I'm really excited to know like where exactly it come from yeah, and how you managed to it, create it. Kind it. Of, it kind of, I mean, the mythos of Cthulhu uh, is just so many other authors like and movies, books, stories kind of borrowed it or, or just implemented it to their uh, to their own stories. It's insane, honestly. And by the yeah. way, to, to you and everybody who potentially might be listening by a very ch- hard chance, you can get all of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's books for free, for free on um, Amazon.com. All you have to do is just set up a free Kindle account for free, free, and then download it for free. So. Well, thanks for the public service message. Yeah, That's you're welcome. much appreciated. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. All of this stuff for free. Why not? Yeah, no, I'm down. Have it in the bag, just in case. Anyway, so Call of Cthulhu. Basically, it can be described as cosmic horror. Okay. And What's cosmic horror? Cosmic horror. Um, I mean, generally, uh, when you think of horror stories, scary books or movies, what do you think of generally? Uh, Stephen King. Any any specific uh, story or I mean, what are the cliches you think? You know, broadly speaking. I mean, I guess like poltergeists, demons, or maybe like you know supernatural stuff in the regards of let's say ghosts, vampires, let's say zombies, that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, like haunted houses jump scares yeah i mean haunted houses have become such a trope and cliche with all these movies these days you know what was it called and there's a three-part series and then people set up cameras in their house and then they see all of the stuff uh what paranormal activity yeah that one yeah that shit was funny bro was it? I've never seen them. I just heard so I, much. Honestly, I watched the first one when it came out, and I thought it was the funniest thing ever. Funny in the sense that 
it was yeah, made that... to be funny or funny as in like it was funny to watch how terrible it was I mean I don't know if it was terrible I don't know I mean I don't I don't really watch um, a lot of horror movies but it was funny in the sense I would just they would set up a camera and you know like somebody would be in the kitchen just like chilling and then all these <laughs> all these like doors like cabinet doors start opening and shutting <laughs> and then she would like get scared That's supposed to be horrific that's not supposed to be funny <laughs> It's funny that just imagine like a guy tries to sit down and the ghost is like a troll and he like pulls up the chair and he falls on his ass. It's, it's hilarious, man. I mean, well, did here's you find my... the call of Cthulhu hilarious too? I did not find it hilarious. <laughs> okay. It was honestly one of the creepiest things I've read. And I'll tell you why. But um, one thing really bothers me is just why every ghost is evil. Why are they all malicious and they're all, all trying to kill man, you? That's, that's not true, though. Like, you're, you're slinging paint here. Do you remember Casper, the friendly ghost? It was oh, in the yeah. name. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Casper's like, yeah. Yeah, why can't they all be like Casper? What if you're like in a house, in a haunted house, and the ghost's yeah. like a really chill dude, man? You know, let's say you're like reading a book, right? And you have the lights open, you're in bed. You get all tired. You're like, yo, bro, can you close the lights, man? I'm like, I don't want to get up. He's like, yeah, sure, no problem, man. Closes the lights for you. Yeah, I wouldn't mind something like that either. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. Well, but you're right in the sense that, I mean, Ghosts are considered evil to such an extent that when they finally made a friendly one, they had to put it in the name, Casper the Friendly <laughs> yeah, Ghost. Yeah. yeah, if it was Casper the Ghost, people would be like, oh, yeah, I don't exactly. want to show my kids a uh, dead child haunting people. Yeah, um, he was a dead child. All right, before this gets any more morbid, take us back to the call of Cthulhu. Yeah, it's going to get pretty morbid, man, anyway. Uh, <laughs> we're right, talking about a horror story. Anyway, um, so cosmic horror is, personally, I find it really scary because it's knowing or discovering that there are beings more powerful than humans. Um, and, and it's not just, you could say, okay, a ghost is more powerful than a human being because, you know, you can't see it, it can, it can do all of this crazy stuff. But the thing is, for me, about these horror stories like haunted houses and stuff like that, is they're all confined to one space. It's a haunted house. If I just get the hell out of there, man, I'm good. What is going to follow right. me? Then it's not a haunted house. It's just a ghost that follows people, right? Or if it's a vampire, man, just don't go to like Romania or where the hell that guy's from. Uh, <laughs> you know? It's problem right. solved, man. But I mean, if you have something that encompasses the entire world or earth as you know it, and it's much more powerful than you. It's ancient. It's old. It's clear. I, I mean, it, it, it kind of... Because you, I mean, as a human being, you're programmed to think... I mean, you're programmed to survive, right? You, you wake up every day and you get out of bed. You go face and do something. It might be like a crappy day, but you're programmed to survive, to have like a, an ambition. And you don't want to think about death because you're programmed to not think about death. Otherwise, you know, right. you're not going to survive that much. So, and, and you're the supreme being on earth. It's, you, might, you may not consciously think about it, but you are aware of that fact. Right? There's nothing yeah. smarter than you. Maybe another human being, but that's it. Everything else is underneath you, top of the food chain. So when you right. discover that you're not that, 
not only anymore, but you've never been that. Uh, it's, I find that really scary. Um, and I think it takes a brilliant author to scare the crap out of you. Um, just is he, by, um, yeah. is HP Lovecraft sort of like the pioneer for cosmic horror? Yeah, he's, he's like, mm. he's the guy. Right. Yeah. I mean, there are um, some authors, uh, all, you know, before him that kind of uh -huh. wrote things that are just cosmic horror, you could say. Uh, there's one guy, um, I forget his name, but his book is called The Yellow King or something like that. But H.P. Lovecraft is the, is the guy, right? So, and I think it takes a brilliant author to, to scare the crap out of you, you know, without any jump scares, right? Without any yeah. ghosts popping out of somewhere, just to scare you just by describing this ancient, old, um, and powerful. So the story is like this guy, his uncle has, was investigating something and, you know, he dies mysteriously as they always do. Of course. And, yeah. And, and this you got to start the story somehow. Yeah, man. Uh, so he, he was a professor. So he inherited, like, he has all his papers and stuff and he finds these weird documents. He finds like a, like a little statue of this weird octopus-like creature it's very it's the way he describes it i mean i cannot do it justice um just the way he describes the thing is scary for me i would just say like yeah it's an octopus with wings bro <laughs> but uh, you know right. it's, i'm not hp lovecraft evidently <laughs> right um and the thing is this uh he discovers that he, he his uncle used to interview this guy and he would get nightmares um during a specific time between like February to March or something uh, about this weird place like that kind of was made like this weird ancient city where everything is made out of these weird smooth columns and green stuff like a green substance and just like the sound that sounds like Cthulhu right it just sounds like something is saying Cthulhu Right. Uh, and he would read about that and he would like, oh, what the hell? Uh, he would read about it and then what? You know, the author would be like, what the hell is this? Um, oh, okay, right. There's the statue, there's this guy. And so, and then he discovers that it's not only this guy. There are other people who also suffered from the same nightmares. And not only that, there's like a bunch of people in Iceland, or I think it was Iceland, um, that you know there's a cult in iceland and they worship this demon or whatever it is that's exactly like cthulhu same described you know octopus like thing with wings and weird face and saying cthulhu not only is it in iceland but it's somewhere else in the world and you know in other parts of the world and there's like a, a police investigation in the swamps of i don't know like in the bayou right in southern usa Right. Uh, where there's like demon worshipping or something and the police go there and it's just like these horrible sounds that the people are making. It's not even human. And they're worshipping this big statue of uh, Cthulhu. That's basically the story. 
where, where you slowly follow this guy uncovering that there's this thing people are having nightmares of and cults are right. worshipping. It, it, it exists. And it's an ancient, it's described like an ancient being. They used to um, rule the earth before humans. And Cthulhu is somewhere like deep underwater right now. There's a city. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Well, like Atlantis like, or just any city? Uh, well, I mean, it's uh, the way I described it, right? Like these big stones and just, I, I guess it's deep underwater, I suppose. Right, okay. Um, but it's on Earth and he's there. And he is going to come back very soon, basically. Right. And yeah, that's basically Cthulhu. It, it follows that fear. And, and personally, I like to read about um, authors' lives when I read a book because it just, it just gives you so much more context, right? Yeah. You know, there's like a trend of, of you know, people talking about books and they're saying, hey, man, everything's up to your interpretation, man. But I find that really lazy and I find that extremely boring. I mean, if it's like, if, I, if a book is up to interpretation and anybody's interpretation is the right one, I mean, that's not fun. I mean, it's like, you know, you buy a puzzle and everybody can just make up whatever they want. And they're like, hey, I fixed the puzzle. I mean, that's not fun. I want, I want the final one thing that, you know, the author or, you know, the puzzle yeah. maker wanted me to finish. And it's satisfying when you find that, when you're like, ah, this is what he was trying to say or this is what he was trying to convey. Not like, oh, I see it this way and that way. It's like, oh, dude, shut up. It's like, it's like modern art, man. You know, just throw some paint at the wall. What do you see? I see shit. That's what I see. I'm sorry. I think anyway. modern art is just a scam, though, to launder money, right? I 100% agree with that shit. 100%. Yeah. It, it must be. You're telling me this, like, piece of garbage cost, like, millions of dollars? Come on, man. I mean, it's, it's, all, it, it's valuable because they're going to be able to find another fool to buy it. I think that's really it. So there's like, let's say, 20% of the people in the business who own 80% of the works. And uh, they keep fueling this. And then there's 80% yeah. of the people who keep putting in, stupidly putting money into this, owning 20% of the works and really giving value to the other 80%. So as long as you yeah. can get enough, enough fools into the trade, you can make a lot of money off of them. Don't tell that to the art students in universities, man. They think they're actually doing <laughs> no, I, I don't think art students... Like, I think they do more like art history. and like, Oh, yeah, the, no, man. The master's oh, works, we, like, we, you know... We went to the same uh, university, bro. Remember uh, uh, one time I was walking and um, they had a bed, an old bed. Okay. You know they have put they put like these art displays and sometimes yeah like, I remember the art displays yeah yeah so they had this <laughs> they had this old bed it's nasty old bed it's ruined right there's like cigarette ash on it and they put like old McDonald boxes and shit like just littered all over it and they just left it there and it's like art man oh man it represents like the chaos of a st- university student's life and all the mental like it's just like oh I thought they, bed, I thought they were putting something on like us destroying our world like climate change and then they're saying you know you make your bed so you have to lie in it well, could be could be for all yeah. i know every every answer is the right answer man uh, you're good <laughs> to go there's no wrong answer here everybody no, I, gets I appreciate, a ribbon like you know the fact that you actually look into the author's life and you give that context because 
I mean, I, I seldom do that, but, you know, I really see the point that you're making there. It really adds to the context and it colors the story in a much better way than yeah. it would have been without having that context there. Yeah, so, definitely. like, what did you, when you were reading this book and you looked into H.P. Lovecraft, like, what did you learn about his life that sort of, like, seeps into the story as well? Yeah. Um, and another public service announcement just for the you know, couple of guys who might be listening to this. Um, if you want, like, sh- biographies of, like, famous people, whether they're, like, authors, serial killers, whatever the hell you're into, there's a really nice YouTube channel called uh, Biographics. You might want to check that out. There's, like, 20-minute videos, and, and they're, they're awesome. I love it. So there's that. Anyway. No, sweet. I'm going to check them out, too. Can we, they're really can cool. we put their link into our video description? Yeah, sure. Sure, why not? All right, sweet. Um, okay, so when you read about H.P. Lovecraft, the man, uh, you kind of understand um, <laughs> why this guy wrote horror stories. Because he was a deeply... Well, he was flawed, that's one. Um, but also, right. he, he did suffer from, I don't know what, but definitely mental issues. I mean, he was annoyed. He would never leave his house. He would get scared of things. And, and you could understand and one thing that people like to point out, generally, it's like to be pointed out, especially nowadays, was H.P. Lovecraft was a racist. And that's true. He is a racist. He was a racist. And you could uh, even, you could see it in his books, too. Whenever, for example, in Call of Cthulhu, whenever, uh, uh, you know, like there's like these cults and, and more devil worshipping, they're all black dudes, right? They're kind of like described as being savages not civilized. Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. 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 And here's the thing. I'm not saying that's okay because it's not, right? Yeah. And you can but what I'm trying to say is first of all, this is a deeply flawed man and this was a deeply he grew up in one house uh with his aunt or something. I I forget the details because I I I read about him such a long time ago even before I read um Call of Cthulhu. Right. I mean, imagine this. You're 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 growing up in one place. Naturally, you're like a paranoid part. You're scared of everything. You're scared of everyone. And this is what, like 1920s or something? So put that into context. And then they take yeah. you out of, I mean, then you grow up and, and you still don't move out. But at some point, you have to move out because of, I think it was financial reasons or whatever. And you move to a place. Uh, and and it, I think he moved to uh, whatever, wherever it was. But it was, it was like a black neighborhood. And he, right. he saw them as aliens. He was scared. He was like, oh, my God, what is this? I've never seen this. Yeah, that's a horrible way to think about other humans, but you know, keep in mind that this is not your regular guy. You know, this is not your racist business owner, right? This is a deeply flawed man and deeply disturbed man. Right. So I would just like to point that out, I guess in his defense, I, I must say, because at the end of the day, Call of Cthulhu and H.P. Lovecraft, uh, all of his works is, is brilliant in my opinion. And it shouldn't suffer like cancel. I mean, you people read them. Um, what's it called? Mark Twain, right? Mark Twain was racist too. Well, he wasn't racist. Uh, I don't think he was. Uh, yeah. No, he was not racist. But but his he was kind of glorifying, but romanticizing, the, you know, that way of life, the southern way of life, and all that stuff. And today, yeah. especially today, they would be like, "Oh no, it's, why doesn't it mention mention you know all the racism that was going on, slavery, and all of that stuff?" Oh, look, I, I understand, but you know, there's a there's a story for everything, right? If you don't like Mark Twain, don't read Mark Twain, and there are counterparts to Mark Twain. 
I mean, uh, Southern Gothic, right? Have you yeah. heard of that? Yeah, that's like anti-Mark Twain. If you're more into that stuff, go read that stuff because that stuff's good too. I've read both of them, and they're both great. Oh, yeah, I get it. I mean, yeah, this is this is tricky, but you know, this question of like, I mean, yeah, I get your point, you know, and it's interesting to know this, and it's good to contextualize both yeah. his life and what he went through, and also the time period that he was in. Yeah. And it's true that you know, regardless of, uh, I mean, I'm not, con- what do you call, it, condoning any of his, let's say, actions in this regard, mm-hmm. but he is a pioneer in terms of cosmic horror, and this is what he's written. And yeah. that's what we're dissecting right now. So I, I guess yeah. that's fine. I mean, but one you like, like you know the thing is, yeah, yeah. The the thing is the way you've described the story. Mm-hmm. I'm actually really intrigued because, I mean, I've always wanted to know where Cthulhu came from, and mm-hmm. the fact that you know you're describing it like people are having dreams about it, and there were cults that are worshiping him. Mm-hmm. And we know sort of like somewhere deep underground with pillars or something along those lines this is where he mm-hmm. is. He's awaiting and he's going to return. Right. And I really want to ask you, like, what happens? Does he return or how it ends? But this is one of those books that I'm so curious <laughs> by this point in the podcast that I'm I'm afraid that maybe I don't want to ask that because I'd like to read and find out what happens in the end. So if it's, um, and if it, if the audience feels the same way, I'm thinking, maybe don't give us the end, but just sort of tell us maybe a little bit about his writing style. Like, how does he make it so horrifying? Like you said that you know, like cosmic horror itself, and the way he describes Cthulhu, and the way he builds up the story, like you genuinely feel scared. How does he manage to do that? Um, great question. Um. And I can only give an attempt to answer that question. Um, right. But one thing uh, I think plays, you know, he does well and, and makes you feel like that is there's no dialogue. And when there's no dialogue, you kind of, in a sense, you don't consciously forget, but you, you forget that uh, there's a character. Yes, there's a character. It does follow one guy. He does... Um, you know, go through his findings and his uncle died and whatever. But there's no dialogue. So you kind of feel like as if you're just the, you're the guy himself, right? Whatever he's saying, whatever the guy's feeling, he's like, I wish I would stay ignorant of this terrifying fact. I wish that I would never know that everything I ever knew was just a small piece of this giant evil terrifying thing right when he says stuff like that and then he doesn't go and talk to somebody else and this goes on for the whole the entire length of the book which is a very short book by the way just to point that out you 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 don't think of it as a story and characters you think of as like no what if this is actually like that i mean you know you're not like you're not an idiot but (laughs) you 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 kind of contextualize it better in my opinion into your own into your own world what if what if um you know, it's 2020, and then you get like uh, news of weird cult worshippers in, in in Iceland, and then a month later you get the same thing in Australia. A month later you get the same thing in USA. A month later you get, or a year later you get the same thing in Middle East somewhere. What would you start thinking, right? I mean, think about it. What would it do to your perception of world? What would do? What would it do? And this might be controversial, but what would it do to your perception of religion? 
right? Yeah, I hear you. I, I mean, that's that's an interesting way that he's written the book. And I, you know, from what you're saying, I understand that really the lack of dialogue and the way he's sort of like, I guess it's just brilliant writing style as well. The way he just sort of puts all the moving pieces together and sets the story in place. It arouses, like, you know, it creates the sense of curiosity. Like, mm-hmm. why is this happening all around the world? But also a sense of horror because of her lack of knowledge on why that's the case and what this could mean. Yeah. And, you know, what is this being? And I guess, like, the way you linked it to religion as well, you know, like that curiosity as human nature, you know, as humans are. And then, you know, couple that with the fear of the unknown. And I think that's maybe where the cosmic horror bit comes from, like not yeah. knowing what this is, wanting to know, but then maybe never knowing and then just being, you know, sort of fearful of that. Something definitely bigger than you, not just size, right? right? It's, it's beyond your control. You're not the supreme. You're like, I don't know, like a little mouse trapped in a room with another, with a human, right? I mean, what the hell can a mouse do? You can scurry, run around, but you're in a room I mean, and the human can do whatever it wants to. It can that definitely mouse. demonize you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, man, that's it. This, as far as it goes with destroying the certainty people have in, in aspects of life, right? I mean, People right. like to think that they're certain of the things they know simply because it's much easier living that way than doubting everything, right? I mean, think about it. What yeah, if I, I could agree would just be like, what if Mobin isn't real? What if I'm talking to myself? I, mean, I, I can never know, I guess, but it's as much... Then they put you on the pills. Yeah, they put me on the, you know, they put me, threw me in the loony bin, you know? You know it. Yeah, so, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, when you look at certainty, I think of, of belief. Which is strange right. because a belief is not necessarily something that you have 100% proof of, right? Yeah. It's the unknown, but you 100% believe in it. And that's religion. And you have religions all over the world, uh, and they're, 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 they believe in different things, right? The, the ones that we're familiar with all kind of come out of the yeah, Jerusalem region, and it kind of just goes, centers that circle. It doesn't go to like, Japan or Brazil, yeah, right. It just it kind of it has like a regional impact. Stuff in China, Native Americans, let's say, right, or whatever right. happened in in South America. Somehow you 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 can see that they're regional things, and people in these different areas believe in certain things, and, and they're different. But what if you're alive and and you know you're watching the news, and all of a sudden you get news. Of the same thing happening everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of it doesn't I don't know what it does, but you start thinking, okay, the, the certainty that every region had is kind of you know, they're all gonna look at the same thing. They're gonna be like, <laughs> What the hell is going on? What is this? Yeah. Is this is linked to my and religion? Is it linked to my belief? It's not? What? And if it's ever present and it's everywhere, does it supersede what's in my region? Because now this is something that's in all regions. Exactly. It's everywhere. Right. What does it do? And, and, and I'm very and... excited for this book. Like, you've sold me really well on this. <laughs> it, it is just because, you know, like all this time, because it's also in like current day culture and everything. Like, even what do you call it? What's that? You remember Pirates of the Caribbean? There's that octopus mm-hmm. head dude in it. Do you remember? 
that's definitely 100% inspired by uh, Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah, 100%, right? So, so you see that and you hear all these references. And when I looked up H.P. Lovecraft, I was like, oh, he died in the 30s, I believe. Yeah. Like, and he was <laughs> yeah. born in the 90s, so he died early for his age. Actually, I don't know. Maybe in the early 1900s, that was the average age, age to die. I know. I think oh. he was sick or something. I don't remember. Huh. But what I'm trying to say yeah. is that you know, it, it's been a it's been a cultural reference for such a long time, and I'm and I enjoyed finding out really where it's coming from, but I enjoyed it so much that I don't want to know how it ended. So I'm glad, like this time around, we've we've not given away the end mm-hmm. because I really really want to read this one for myself. But uh, I I I am like I really enjoy this concept of cosmic horror, and I see your point, you know, in the sense that. When the house is haunted, or there's a certain region where, let's say, vampires or werewolves, vampires or werewolves live, you know, there's always the possibility that don't be there, and then it ends. But if this is something that's, you know, sort of popping up all over the world, and it's something that's, you know, much much bigger than yourself, on a much, on a magnitude much larger than, let's say, werewolves. You know, werewolves like, what they're gonna kill seven people and they get shot down, let's say. But like this being exactly. seems to be something like far greater and that fear and that curiosity and also the way it's sort of he's doing this investigation, you know, unraveling this mystery. Uh, like I yeah. really, really like the way the book set out and I hope once yeah. I read it, the feeling's the same. Uh, but damn, man, like yeah. thanks for introducing us to The Call of Cthulhu and H.P. Lovecraft's work. Are his other works also horror stories? Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, so that's the genre uh, he writes then that's that's the genre he writes and i believe that uh well call of cthulhu sets up this is his most mythos, famous right? work right it's his most famous work but it also sets this mythos of, of cthulhu and uh, i believe right. that there's a couple of other stories that are like kind of in the same horror universe uh, as, as cthulhu but then, then he has other stories that have nothing to do with it understood and, yeah, but they're not exactly right. like sequels or prequels or something. Oh, so it's a standalone book, right? Yeah, it's kind of like the the the, the books. The other books are just kind of you can. I think you can tell that okay, Cthulhu exists in this world, and there's something to it. But it's not like a prequel right. to that story or a sequel to that story. Nothing like that. Oh man, that's pretty exciting. And then, okay, how would you rate this book out of ten? Um, I would rate it a nine, honestly. A nine. A nine out of Whoa. Yeah. That's one uh, of the because, highest ones you've ever given. I mean, it really scared me, man. And uh, and I don't just read it like, oh my God, I was scared. I mean, it, it made me think. It didn't just make me scared. And I loved how it managed to do that with such a short story. That's I was brilliant. very surprised. I was like, whoa, this ended? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about it this much? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet, man. Man, I'm very excited. That's a high rating. And I really love the way it's set up. And the fact that you mentioned that it's a short story, like usually you expect that these horror books will be much longer because they take time to develop, yeah. settle, and then they have to throw a bunch of scares in. You know, and there has to be a point, like some pinnacle that has to be resolved and they have to move past that and there's a resolution or yeah. no resolution. And the fact yeah, that he no, managed to do all this in a short book, that's... Uh, he just went straight to it, man. There's a guy, his uncle died, right. let's go. <laughs> All right, man. Nice. Okay, I guess yeah. 
I guess we're set for today. I I hope everyone enjoyed it because this book I'm really really looking forward to. I'll be honest. And, uh, and remember, folks, you can get it for free. Yeah, the for most free. important thing. Yeah, sweet dude. Okay, nice. I I think this was great.